Hey everybody, Joe McCall, and this is REI on your treadmill. Hope you guys are doing awesome. I am actually um, walking on my treadmill right now. don't know if you can hear it or not. It's going pretty slow. I have a stand-up desk. I bought it at Ikea, and uh, I have not sat in a chair at my desk in probably a couple months now. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I could, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to lose a little weight. I know I'm, uh, I don't really need to. I've got a, uh, I got a six-pack abs. <laughs> yeah, so I've been walking more, right? So I got this treadmill. And uh, it's a treadmill that fits underneath my stand-up desk. It doesn't have, it's one of those treadmills that doesn't have the huge panel that comes up. It uh, you know, has the panel, the control box thing is just connected to the treadmill underneath the desk from a cable, by a cable, and it's just sitting on, my, on the side of my desk over here. So I just, uh, when I'm home or when I'm in my office, I walk three, four, five miles a day just walking while I'm working. It takes a little getting used to, but I like it. I like it a lot. If you've ever tried standing, it's really hard just to stand. But if you're walking, I could do this for three, four, five hours and not really even break a sweat. But I keep, it's, it just makes me feel a lot better. And um, I've been having a lot fewer neck aches or back problems because I'm walking now. I'm not sitting on a chair, even though I have a good chair. So this is pretty nice. But I wanted to talk about something here that uh, reminded, somebody reminded me of this. Um, one of my clients, his name is Philip, and just crushing it. I mean, this guy is so awesome. I talked in one of my last webinars about, like, um, stop asking what if and start asking what's next. And that's what this guy, Phil, is, Philip, is like. He just is a massive action taker. He doesn't get it all. He doesn't understand all the steps. Uh, but you know what? He knows that it works. He trusts the system and he's out there hustling and making it happen and doing a lot of marketing, doing a lot of networking and making a lot of offers. And guess what happens when you do that? You start doing deals. Hello. Yeah, that's the way it works. So start doing deals. And he reminded me, uh, he's got like seven properties. He just got a couple, uh, just did a couple deals. Got just got seven properties under contract in the last few days. And just makes a ton of offers. And he doesn't sell all of them. Um, doesn't buy all of them. Because some of them, after he makes the offer, he you know, gets does his due diligence and realizes you know, it needed too much work or uh, it's in too bad of an area. And that's all right. He tries to negotiate a lower price. And if they say no, then he just cancels the contract. He does that within the inspection contingency period. So it's not a bait and switch. You know, He's above board and all of that. But anyway, uh, he... Reminded me of his philosophy that he got from one of our earlier podcasts, and I think it was with Gregory Hodges. I've done two podcasts with Gregory Hodges. You got to go listen to that. That's amazing. But you know, his philosophy is effort. <laughs> um, and but also, he made a comment one time that you know, if it doesn't make me money, it's stupid. And that's what I want to call this podcast. If it doesn't make you money, it's stupid. Move on. And uh, we were just, he was on, my, on our private Facebook group for my coaching students. He was talking about an interesting situation. Um, he set up a walkthrough uh, with two different buyers on a property. And um, 
you know, he doesn't even care that there's two buyers at the same time looking at a property. I mean, what's, it's not a big deal. It just does it, right? So um, he, it's a, it's a, he was buying, he's buying the property from a landlord and the tenant actually changed the locks and the landlord was there to let them in and he couldn't get in because the house was, and the tenant um, is playing very difficult, hard to, hard to, to deal with and can't get in. And uh, so, you know, he's a little disappointed, right? Because he's hoping that he could sell this deal. He's got some buyers that are interested, but they, excuse me, they can't even get in and look at the house. And uh, so, yeah, that's a big bummer, right? You know, so he's asking, what would you guys do? And, uh, well, bottom line, first of all, is you go back and renegotiate a lower price with the seller, right? And say, listen, well, uh, there's more risk involved if this is a house that I'm going to buy and I can't see. So, number one, I need to extend the closing date. I need You need to give me more time. Or maybe just you can give the seller a new, just give the seller an option agreement that expires in 90 days, right? That's a good way to do it. And maybe negotiate a lower price because it's probably going to be more work than you had originally intended. And you got to make sure that uh, the, whoever you sell this contract to, if you don't buy it yourself, is willing to take that risk and, and knows. And if the numbers are good, if you've got a good deal and the numbers really work on this thing, uh, you'll be able to sell it, even if they don't see it, they, if they don't see the inside of the house. I've wholesaled a lot of deals like that where uh, I wasn't able to go see inside or show my end buyers the inside of the house, but they still bought it anyway because the numbers are good. Even if they did had to do a full gut rehab, they were still going to do really, really well with that, right? So this is kind of, Philip goes on to mention here, he says, it was kind of funny, I, I'm pretty sure I, I even witnessed a drug deal while he was waiting in his car. And he says, sometimes you just have to laugh and it starts, or it starts feeling like work or even worse, like a job, LOL. He said, that's why I focus on having an abundance of leads. It doesn't matter if one goes bad. You got to keep making phone calls no matter what. 10 minutes after I left that house, I called a new lead back and he is very motivated. It's an inherited property, vacant. He just kicked out the bad tenants that tore it up. I'm heading there now. Boom. That's it. So guess what, guys? If you've got a ton of leads coming in, so what if a deal goes bad? Okay? You've got... Because sometimes we become, as wholesalers and investors, because we're not doing enough marketing, enough marketing consistently... We freak out. The few leads that we get, all of a sudden we become motivated buyers and we become desperate and the sellers can sense that a mile away and they'll eat you alive if they sense that you are not, if, 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 that you're desperate and motivated and you have to get this house so you've got to do a deal so you can feed your family or whatever, right? So how do you avoid being in that situation where you're stressed, you are, you're feeling under the gun, because you've got to get this deal done and you only have a few leads and you try to turn a non-deal into a deal or you try to make lemonade out of a lemon. That's like the worst thing you can do in this business, okay? How do you fix that? Real simple, you get a lot of leads. And if this deal's not going to make you money, it's stupid. Move on, <laughs> go to the next one. So just stick that in your pipe and smoke it. If it doesn't make you money, it's stupid move on. So you should be having so many leads. If this isn't, a, here's the cool thing about this, right? What I'm talking about here is you, you've got so many leads. If the seller doesn't want to sell now, 
or if they're playing difficult or bringing up too many objections or they're jerks or whatever, it's no sweat off my back. No big deal. All right, I got 100 other leads to call right now. I've got 200 leads to follow up with. No big deal. And you move on. You see, the harder you chase sellers, the faster they'll run. And when you have the power, when you can control the conversation and pull back, pull away from the seller, people want what they can't have. Does that make sense? Am I making any sense here? So when you're pushing them and pursuing them because you want this deal so bad, you're actually hurting your chances of getting a deal. So you've got a lot of leads coming in. Listen, if you don't need to sell your house right now, that's fine. If you've got a lot of buyers, all right, and uh, some buyer is giving you a hard time trying to beat you down on price. You know what? That's totally, totally cool. This is probably not a good house for you. Listen, I got a hundred other people to call right now. I got ten other buyers that are interested in this property. If you don't want it, that's fine. Are you, are you telling me we're done? Okay, you put it back in their courts. So, uh, fire the sellers, man. Fire the sellers that suck. Fire the buyers that suck. If you've got enough leads coming in, you don't need to chase the bad ones. If it's not going to make you money, it's stupid. Move on. <laughs> you got it? Does that make sense? All right, guys. Listen, uh, if you got a question, text me at 636-255-8815. 636-255-8815. And uh, I'm just curious to know if you can hear me talking or walking. I'm sorry. If you can hear me walking on this treadmill. And does it sound like I'm out of breath? Because it's... I'm like walking and talking at the same time. <laughs> oh, anyway, okay, man. Good day. I'll see you guys.